Joining us now is one of the most high-profile members of the New York congressional delegation, Democratic Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, also known as AOC. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Uh, do we have the latest votes? We don't have those yet? Okay, so let me just go dive into the interview. So President Biden won this district by eight points in 2020. Uh, now uh, Congressman, former Congressman Tom Suozzi, a Democrat, is trying to get it back. Um, but he's distanced himself from Biden. He didn't want his endorsement. He didn't want him to campaign with him. Do you think that's okay if that's what swing battleground uh, district Democrats need to do to win? Well, you know, I think we, our main prerogative is to win the House back. I know that Representative Suozzi, former Representative Swazi, he knows his, his district, he knows his territory. But I also think we can acknowledge the fact that we don't have to be afraid to be Democrats either. As you mentioned, President Biden won this seat by eight points. That is not one or two or three. That is a significant margin. And we also can run up the numbers with an enormous amount of enthusiasm, especially in a, in a special election like this, which is really about a base race between the two parties, getting out your most enthusiastic voters, especially on a snowstorm like this. And, um, and that's with messages on everything from abortion rights to making sure that we're having just solutions and comprehensive solutions on immigration that don't also have to just be on the defense. So uh, Pillip, uh, Mozzie Pillip, the Republican running, mm -hmm. has tried to paint Swazi as a member of the squad, mm -hmm. which is your progressive uh, group. Uh, in their debate, Swazi distanced himself from, from you and the squad. He said, for you to suggest that I'm a member of the squad is about as believable as you being a member of George Santos's volleyball team, unquote. What do you, what do you make of, of her trying to tar him as a member of the squad? I, I mean, I, I would agree with, with Tom Swazi, the idea that we are, you know, that we're are part of the same kind of cadre in Congress is incorrect. It's wrong. Um, but... That doesn't mean that we're not on the same team. Uh, we're part of a democratic coalition that's a broad base. But I think it also shows that Mozzie's desperate. Uh, you don't go for those enormous reaches that are frankly so laughable, especially to the people of Queens and Long Island who know Tom Suozzi. He had 80% name ID going into this race. To claim something like that in a backyard that knows him is it, it, it really shows that they're reaching um, and that they're pretty desperate to try to land a punch there. Well, the, the way he's been campaigning is he sounds like a conservative Queens or uh, Long Island Democrat. That's what he yeah. sounds like. He's, he yeah. sounds conservative on the border. Um, what do you make of that? And what do you make of the border issue as the last week has, has played out and Republicans originally demanded border be added to the foreign uh, aid bill and then they didn't want the border mm -hmm. compromise? that probably was too conservative for you, I would think. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and now they're even rejecting to vote on the foreign aid bill. Just talk about the, the border part of it, and then we'll talk about foreign yeah. aid. Well, I mean, it's a, it, it, it's a gamble, but also this district is very complex. It's right here in our, in our backyard in New York City. You have a district that spans parts of New York City and Queens, but also reaches all the way out to Nassau County. There are parts of this district that are quite conservative and parts of this district that are very, very progressive. And so to be able to thread that needle and try to achieve turnout is, is a very challenging, uh, it, it's a very challenging, you know, feat to, to be able to accomplish. Now, I do think that we need to be careful to not demobilize parts of the Democratic coalition, especially young voters, voters of color, um, because you have to run up your numbers in places like Queens in order to help 
um, buttress against any evenness in Nassau County. If the, the bill that passed the Senate early, early this morning, $95 billion to, for aid to Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan, if that were to be voted on in the House, mm -hmm. which is a big if because it's it doesn't sound like the speaker if. wants to do it, but the Democratic leader, Hakeem Jeffries, your fellow New York Democrat, he wants that to come to the floor. If it came to the floor, would you vote for it? I, I don't think I could bring myself to vote for it. I think that the provisions in the bill from not just the border, or not just uh, uh, the provisions that we see across the board, but especially when it comes to foreign aid, the, the increased restrictions on UNRWA funding, the UN refugee uh, assistance funding, the complete lack of humanitarian aid, especially on the heels of, of this invasion on Rafa, I think we are at a point where we have to do something to protect innocent people, innocent lives of Palestinians in Gaza. And I'm very concerned about the Netanyahu, the Netanyahu administration's lack of restraint and their stated intent and lack of regard for, for saving innocent lives. I asked Senator Chris Coons about uh, the foreign aid bill, and I, I'm going by memory here. Uh, I'm not 81, but my memory isn't always perfect. And uh, I think he said that there was $10 billion in aid for humanitarian aid for Gaza. We'd have to see, but as it stands, the, the UNRWA is the number one central corridor for humanitarian assistance to enter, uh, to enter Gaza. And so to see how it would be structured, you know, this is something that is, I think, of prime concern. And to also block off the main corridor, corridor of humanitarian aid is a major, major move um, from the U.S. Congress, especially that it's predicated on allegations that are still being investigated. But as those investigations continue to go on, the basis of them uh, do seem to be eroding. And so we have to ask ourselves, mm -hmm. why? Why would we do that? So um, before you go, uh, there have been a lot of questions, especially since that special counsel report last week mm -hmm. that cleared uh, President Biden of any wrongdoing legally, but mm -hmm. certainly impugned uh, his memory. Mm -hmm. And this come, that came on the heels of just a few days before him uh, talking about conversations he had in 2021 with world leaders who had died several years before that. He was mm -hmm. confusing world leaders. Tom Swazi uh, told a local news station when this question was raised about Biden, quote, the bottom line is he's old. I mean, he's 81 years old. Um, he wouldn't say, Swazi, whether Biden would be the Democratic nominee at the party convention in August. Um, do you have any concerns about his age? Do you have any concerns about whether or not he should be the nominee? I mean, I think right now, when it comes to the president's age, folks are talking about how he's 81, but we have to look at, first of all, Donald Trump is around the same age as 77, yeah. He's 77 years old. They could have gone to high school together. And beyond that, Donald Trump has 91 indictments. And what I know who I'm going to choose is going to be the one of the most successful presidents in, in modern American history that, plat, that passed the Inflation Reduction Act, that got us the American Rescue Plan, that ensured that we could pass one of the largest federal investments in climate change in U.S. history. And as far as we go, as we know, uh, virtually all the filing deadli deadlines have passed. There's already been a primary. Voters have outright rejected Dean Phillips. President Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee, and hopefully he'll be reelected as president of the United States. Are you worried about at all about these challenges from the left? Jill Stein, Cornell West. I don't know where RFK of, Jr. is, you know, whether he's left, right, or center, but... But there is a real fear that they could take votes away from Biden. That is real. That is real, especially in states like Michigan, Pennsylvania, critical swing states. 
Um, but we need to understand what we are staring down in this country. If Donald Trump is elected president of the United States, we do not know if there will be a verifiable next election that has integrity. He already tried to, uh, we saw on January 6th, he tried to overturn the results of a presidential election by force, by inciting a riot. And I, you know, I think we need to be very, very realistic about the grave, grave impacts of a Donald Trump election. It is not a joke. It is not a game. We need to protect our democracy. And ideally, it's going to be on progressive values. Democratic Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, always good to have you. Thank you so much.